This is an emergency broadcast from Radio Free Istvan. All Imperial forces, stay away from Istvan 5. The fort flooding in of a massacre on the Black Sands. Horus has revealed his hand and gathered yet more traitorous Primarchs to his side. Ferris Manus is dead. Vulcan and Korax are missing. Stay safe, brothers, and stay away from the Istvan system. The Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners, and welcome to episode... 81 of the Radio Freest Van podcast, a Horace Heresy 30K podcast. My name is Michael, and I got my co-host Scott here. Go and say what's going on, Scott. Jesus Christ, I finally escaped from Kevin Spacey's basement just in the nick of time, but I'm back. <laughs> We're glad to have you back, and glad you're here to share those sweet memories with us of how gently Kevin know. Spacey well, treated fortunately, you. Fortunately, I got out of there right before he started cramming toy cars up my butt but yeah he's gentle when he does it though (laughs) we got our second co-host here Derek going to say what's going on Derek oh yeah Derek's not here well hello empty chair dead (laughs) hello empty chair during Black Friday I think so. Derek does work retail, and he was a part of Black Friday, so he's probably still recovering because I haven't seen him or talked to him. trampled by a fucking herd of housewives. and You know, I'm hoping – oh, my God. You just – hold on. Okay, we'll talk about this here in a minute. We're going to bring in our, our other host, Ryan. Go see what's going on, Ryan. So uh, Forge World released a uh, Hobbit fact, so that's a thing. Well, obviously they have their priorities. I got rules for my fucking or gonna back Parent. the man. Don't hate. I've been yeah. waiting for that for a long time. Apparently, somebody sent them like Ferraris with questions on them, as opposed <laughs> to cakes or something. I don't, I don't know, like what level. Like, I guess all six of the Hobbit players are probably pretty excited that they got an FAQ. Um, hey, hey, man. So here's I the noticed thing. that the, it's like a it's a thing that says. Uh, you know, they put it up on their Facebook group and it's like, ask us your most frequently asked questions for The Hobbit and we'll do them. Frequently asked question is, why is this not a 30K fact? When are you doing 30K? So, I mean... All six of those Hobbit players are hot, hot Swedish models and they fucking, they override us. For real. Honestly, I mean... <laughs> like, like, honestly, here's the thing. I know better... Than to attack Hobbit players, okay. Now, yeah, man. It, here's the thing: I've seen people post on Forge World's Facebook page saying, "Who the fuck plays the Hobbit?" And the people who play the Hobbit, they're like the silent, this like silent group of individuals who will yeah, just they don't exist. It's hard <laughs> to fucking be loud when you don't exist. No, 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 no. They exist, man. Unless there's like one guy, like one troll with like multiple profiles because they come out of the fucking woodwork. Like people who play the Hobbit, they're like, they're like, what the Hobbit, man? <laughs> they like, they like blow the fucking horn whenever they realize they're getting trash talked on the internet. So just by trash talking them on the the podcast, I'm trying to like keep us safe from these Hobbit players because I'm I'm a little afraid of them. They come out of the woodwork, man. I'm telling you, I saw John Carlo. Go in and say who Dude. the fuck plays the Hobbit, and like it was, it was brutal, man. They tore him for fuck up on the comment section of the Facebook. Here, fuck yeah, yeah. You play the I saw, I saw three people comment 
three people like just comment a bunch like it was her name michael there's like four people three or four people on there that were commenting oh no same four people i'm telling you man i'm telling you we're probably gonna get emails now and voicemails from fucking hobbit people i swear like we're like you're opening this can of worms and i've seen it man i've seen what they can do i remember when tim talked shit about the hobbit ask him like it's they're out there, man. What do they? What's Forgeworld make for the Hobbit anyway? They make a gun to like Scott said. They make a gun to bad command squad and a fucking yeah. goat sled. That's it. Dude, That's the only models. Sled, dude, goat sled's the, my favorite Forgeworld model. It's got crazy Uncle Eddie from Christmas <laughs> Vacation on the back of a sled being pulled by goats. What's not to like? I'm hoping that FAQ. There's a clarification of how many of those I could take in a single army because I want a whole army. Of. <laughs> Nothing but orc gonna back command sets and fucking crazy uncle lady on the goat sled. We're gonna we're gonna have to create an underground metal band that's just named Goat Sled. That's just the name this is the name of the band. That's you it, know man. what we should do, Ryan? And this is gonna sound like we should plan this. We should plan this for one day this coming up week here. So this will get it this this will probably get dropped tonight if we if we're gonna do this this week. So we should go po- post like we'll schedule a day, so like we'll schedule like what? Mm, let's say like Tuesday or Wednesday. Probably Wednesday is a good day, if anything. We'll like schedule a day where we will go post on a visitor post on Forge World's wall as Radio Frist Van, and we will say the exact same thing that they said to all their listeners or to all their readers. Like, what was it? Ask us your most whatever questions that you want answered, and blah blah blah, and we'll gather them up, and we'll post that on the wall, and then we'll just share that. Like we'll do the exact same thing that they did, and see if they can, you know, see how long it takes. We'll just like force it. We'll just like force what? force the FAQ like on them. Like I I don't I don't even I don't even know that I care at this point. Um, <laughs> it's just funny. Like it's so ridiculous. Um, we'll get to it later in the episode, but um, we've through uh. Through experimentation for for doing a live study on a podcast, we discovered that it takes roughly two to three hours to answer all of the FAQ questions. Yeah. That's with dick jokes uh, mixed in between. So, Was there drinking involved um, too? Was there drinking in there as well? Yes. I had a feeling so. So let me tell. It took me, three hours to hash them out. It took three hours to hash them out. The, the answers, and then it took me three hours to type it all up, and then it took one of our patron guys, um, like two hours to fix all my fucking hillbilly grammar and send it back to me. So roughly eight hours. So one work day, and could be released to the public. <laughs> well let me let me go ahead and let the guys know that are listening what they have to look forward to in this episode that way we get that out of the way and then we can touch back okay. on what that is so what do we have in this episode for you guys so we're gonna go over our normal intro which is like hobby progress how we're doing everything like that uh then we're gonna do a little bit of blood and Indus- blood and skulls industry talk uh, then we're going to be talking about what's going to be coming out in the Eye of Horus, which is actually what Ryan's talking about right now. We'll we'll, we'll get a little deeper and dug into it. Uh, then we want to go ahead and do a shout out to one of our patrons for being a bad dude. Uh, then we have some Shapeways talk. We have the second Zamboni story. 
for you guys from last week. If you remember the initial first day in Bodhi story, we got the second one coming up. Then we have a Night Lords list, and we have two Sons of Horus lists that are matched for beginners to play against each other uh, based on Istvan 3. So that's what we have for this week for you guys. And I think next week we'll be doing, we'll be touching on White Scars. I think we've kind of agreed we'll be hitting White Scars next week. I know y'all are probably waiting for that, but we're not going to do it this week. So anyway. Who wants to start off on this intro hobby progress talk? Scott, let's hear your hobby Fucking progress. Gotcha. Yeah, I posted up my vets in my delegatus slash chaplain guy for my world leaders. So first, first five hundred points is done, and I will have my second five hundred points here Tuesday, according to internet tracking magic and things like that. I'm going to be working on Karn, who I'm going to use as my Praetor in my local Escalation League, and then uh, a Contemptor Cordis kind of World Eaters Dreadnought I'm going to put together. Also ordered the kits from Blood and Skulls for the, the Sagittarius Suppressor Pattern shits, the Mark IIb parts for my Lane Raiders, the Powerful Evan sent me for my Secret Santa. And a bunch of tactical marines and an anvilist drop pod. So I'm going to try to magnetize that first drop pod as soon as that shit gets here. I imagine hopefully two weeks. We'll see. I don't know. It's the holidays. Shipping's crazy. All that shit. I have some more base toppers from Anvil Industries coming in. Um, as far as what I'm planning on doing, uh, I'm going to start building my uh, Scalothrax pattern tactical support squad guys, which is a concept. I have Horace Tim brought up a while back, which is like a tactical support squad of world eaters with flamers. And then you buy the additional close combat weapon for them, switch those out with chain axes and bam, you got, you got a stew going on. So I'm going to do that. Um, put those guys together. I'm going to make them out of Mark five uh, armor. My goal in my army is to have a Mark of each armor, Mark two through five. I'm not going to do Mark six because I don't think that's a very like, Leaders would have access to that since, like, Korax prototype it and stuff. So, I'm going to do that. Um, and I've started, lo and behold, my attack, my uh, assault squads are Mark II dudes, and every one of them has an Akilla on their fucking belt buckle. So, Michael, you'll be happy <laughs> to know I've been shaving those. <laughs> so, there you go. Congratulations. Self conscious about that. Why would they do that to you? Like, what? Like, I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> Every one of them does. Every single one. All 30. So, yeah, there we go. Those beautiful Good. Emperor's children. But, uh, to armor. That's right. So, that's what I've been doing. Um, other than that, man, I think that's about it. Just kind of, I like how those guys came out. I'm pretty happy with them. Oh, I got a fucking challenge to our listeners out there i contacted a case and they said they're working on it the the magnetized case transport company i think their models are the hermes and the victory cases i want to do a magnet case for my army but one model that is in no way conducive to being transported in that manner is a fucking cryptus assault claw and an anvilus dreadnought drop or anvilus drop pod there has any bright ideas or has done something in the past where they were able to transport those fuckers okay, let me know now's your time to shine man dude <laughs> so <laughs> trying to brainstorm but it's just it's a little rough without, without 
I have some very rough ideas, but I do not have the capabilities to to like bring them to fruition. So hopefully the the people at Acase were pretty responsive out of the companies I, I contacted. They said they're gonna try to try to pull something together and hopefully get back to me sometime next week. So hey, we'll hear see. me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. So what if you were to take you know that never wet stuff that you spray on like shoes and all that stuff? You spray mm. it on there. And uh, it makes your yeah camp dry. Yeah, it makes your makes your stuff hydrophobic, so it will never get wet. It'll never like feel yeah. wet. Like the water and stuff will just slide off of it. So what if you were to take a Tupperware box full of hair gel and you never wetted your ambulance and just put it inside the hair gel, and it just like you know what? <laughs> That's a bold move, and I would. I'm going to have to sit back and let someone else take the first step for man on that one. I mean, once but, you popped, uh, once you took the model out, it would be perfectly dry and like not have any hair gel or anything on it. Oh, just man, be- I bet it'll go just like that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. It's the future, man. It's the future. My only, my only reasonable idea was to create some kind of shim that you like lay a cribdis on its side with its claws retracted and it sits flush with the outer hole like it's metal and you can put a magnet in the hole. It sits flush with that. That magnet connect, connects to that and then there's a magnet on the bottom of that shim that would connect to the tray it's being carried on. It's all like in the most amateur concept stages of my inbred Kentucky brain. So probably not going to ever happen if I had to, (laughs) you know, it'd be pretty cool if like you had like somebody who's like into 3d modeling creates you like basically like a stand that like clamped on both sides of the Charybdis on the top and the bottom. Got some weaponized autism friends out there who fucking do this type of thing. You know, I'm just saying like, even if you just had like season, two screws that you hand tightened screwed in there and they just like clamped on it and you just had like a big square bottom that magnetized for you carry it under your arm like a football yeah i guess you could so the way to do it i guess somebody out there hopefully somebody reach out for it entirely (laughs) no man you could never never do that but anyway ryan what about you man what you been working on terrain for Adepticon. So I'm actually working on right now. I got this. I got this. Ryan's holding big old buildings more to over the camera. Here. He's got, got more, more over here. More buildings. That's a little bigger building than the last one. I'm working one. on here. I got this. A smaller <laughs> building. I got I got all kinds of shit. I got that pile behind me right there. See the big old pile? Yeah, okay. I see your big old pile right of junk. There. Yep. Um, yeah. So working on that. Only and four more months. Yeah, that's it. Because the what? It's close. It's further than that, isn't it? December, January, February, March. It's like four months and eighteen. Is it in days. March? I thought it was in April. Oh, I thought it was March. It could be in April. You could be right. Nope. I don't know. <laughs> well, what day is it? I can't remember Michael, now. Michael's, Michael's fucking stepping up the timeline uh, on me. Uh, it's, he's it's, April 18th. it's April 18th. I'm sorry. You're right. You're absolutely right. You got five yeah. months. 
I just fed that panic blindly. I was just <laughs> yeah, like, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, man, that's it. I'm a whole fucking. You're not gonna make a fucking it, month behind. <laughs> so. <clears throat> Well, that's fun, man. You've been working on that all weekend. How was your Thanksgiving? Do you have a good Thanksgiving? Do you have, eat all the things? Yeah. Um, yeah, I ate a bunch of food. That was fun. Spent some time with family. And then I was expecting to have four days off from work after working all those days, and then they called my ass in on Saturday. Oh, shitty. So, How pissed were you? Did you throw a fit when you got there? Yep, pretty pissed. <laughs> yes, I did. I yelled you know at what you need to do? I yelled at a, I yelled at a few supervisors, which is pretty funny. They're not used to being yelled at. Have you seen the movie The Big Lebowski? Of course he has. Yes, I have. Her is outside destroying that car in front of the fucking kid's house and he's screaming, This is what happens when you fuck a man in the ass, Larry. <laughs> yeah. That's what you need to do to your boss's car. That exactly. Well, my boss is cool. It's not him. It's the other it's the other supervisors at work that are idiots. Because everything is just so ridiculous. Eh, I don't want to get into it on a podcast about work, but <laughs> that uh, there are people that are supposed to be quote unquote, real goat fuck is what quote, unquote, quote unquote leaders that are too scared to pull the trigger and take any ownership of anything. Kind of like just everything's kind of up in the air, and then when it finally boils down to like emergency time then everybody's like scrambling because nobody wanted to make a decision it's bad it falls on their shoulders and then they you know get in trouble so nobody wants to claim anything or take the initiative on anything bummer town usa man sorry had to deal with that and on a saturday too man i bet you were gonna sleep in maybe yeah i got called at like eight eight o'clock in the morning and got my ass woke up early Ugh. I would have been like, I'm still drunk. <laughs> I'm still drunk from yesterday. <laughs> and then I recorded with, uh, like, spur of the moment thing, recorded with uh, Eye of Horus. So that was a little bit of hobby progress there. Yeah, we'll talk about that here in a minute, dude. I'm pretty excited to pick your brain on how that went down. And i i did some I did some birthday shopping for Scott. Yeah. That's now turned into Christmas shopping. Fucking Skype knows something I don't. Apparently, yeah, I'll take a screenshot. Skype, Skype. We we recorded our episode um, a couple days ago, and it told it was like it's Scott's birthday, whatever. And I was talking to the two guys I do the Dark Age podcast with, which are locals here, Chris and Jacob. Been he tried Dark Age the other day and seemed to like it. Jeremy's expensive; it's like sixty bucks. So we were like. You know, let's buy Scott an army. If he fucking doesn't like it, who gives a shit? We're out like fifteen dollars, no big deal. <laughs> so we uh we had some shit that we could chip in and all that and got him some stuff. And then uh I found out that it's not even his birthday. No. So well, you know, this has me wondering. I always I always kind of wondered, like, I don't really look like either one of my parents. And I would ask him as a kid, like, am I actually your kid or are you just telling me this because you don't think my ego could handle being adopted? <laughs> and maybe Skype knows. <laughs> Skype did some facial recognition and ran it through some database. Uh, it's like, oh, this is actually uh, Brian Wimbledon. <laughs> like <he's yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Lefebvre from Canada. Like. <laughs> So any so anyway, we kind of did some. Not that it's it's still hobby related, but it's not 30k. We did some dark age research and picked Scott out 
a couple factions and got some models for that. So that was the only other thing I did. <laughs> Force jump Scott in to some fucking dark age. I love it. Happy birthday. If he doesn't like Scott. it, he doesn't like it. <laughs> I know. Fucking thanks, Skype. I mean, goddamn. Good looking out. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. The model, you were showing me them before the podcast. They look really cool. I can can always get those painted up. Hell yeah, dude. And definitely a, a podcast to listen to now. You know, you might get forced jumped in. Just uh, add Ryan on Skype. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep changing your birthday. That's right. So... Rocky. Yeah, you know what? I was like, what the fuck is to do with this? Because I just took him for steak not that long ago, and I thought that was his birthday. Because we went out to dinner, and then I'm like, maybe... It, like, Did he lie? Did he lie for steak? Yeah. <laughs> he He's really did. confused. But then I was like, I was like, Christmas is coming up anyway, so if it's fuck, worst case, it's just a Christmas gift, so... <laughs> oh, Fan-fucking-tastic, dude. As far as my hobby progress goes, I have 17 more sisters painted bronze. That's pretty fun. But beyond that, since the last time we recorded, I have not painted them any further. Painted their key components. So they're uh they're on the way, but after talking with you last episode, man, like I'm pretty pretty excited because now I know that I need an additional troop choice. And then after like after discussing how the grenade sisters work, I, uh, I, I'm kind of feeling them a little bit more, and kind of, kind of can fall back on some of the sisters that I have not assembled yet, and can put grenade launchers on them. I guess so. Pretty excited for that. There was a one of our listeners, one of our listeners also hit you up in the RFI, uh, Facebook, like messages. Yeah, powerful Luke man, and wanted to talk to. He has two two lists that he plays yeah. currently for uh, Sisters of Silence, and uh, mostly Zone Mortalis. But he uh, he had some uh, we we hashed it out, did some did some talking back and forth on how how I should be running my sisters because I'm definitely like you know definitely understand that you just like basically just fly forward with their acquisitors and dump swords on people makes sense. But it, like all my questions are kind of like around are these other units worth it? You know, like the, uh, grenade sisters and the HQ sisters and all that jazz. So as far as the, Oh, since there's not a model, could you convert up some grenade sisters by using the Peltask kit, the mechanical Pelt? They're kind of like more spindly like the sisters. I don't know if that's feasible, but it looks like a gun that, I mean, it does shoot grenades, right? Of a sort. Yeah, yeah. So, so a lot of people were suggest suggesting using the um, Anvil Industries like grenade launcher. It's it kind of looks like that uh, military grenade launcher with like multiple grenades and like a magazine, like dunk, 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 you know. I can't remember what what grenade launcher yeah. that's called. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, you know man, Scott. I- nope. That yeah. sounds like some fucking shit. I would not be allowed to handle. <laughs> <without> <laughs> <thinking>. <laughs> That shit was safely <laughs> locked up somewhere. No, um, yeah, far, far away from me. I, uh, you know how the uh, Death Corps of 
Krieg have the uh, grenade launcher that's just like a straight tube, like clearly can only fire one grenade yeah, at a time. That's an M. That's the an thumper. M seventy nine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thumper. The thumper. Yeah, like Vietnam era. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I kind of like the idea of those over the multiple round grenade launcher. And a lot of people disagree with me on that one. A lot of people prefer the like Picatinny railed like multiple round grenade no. launcher. And I'm just like the new is- one, the like the one the actual army uses, the H and K three twenty. That thing is a hot piece of shit. And if you're <laughs> the unfortunate idiot who has to carry an M four with that fucking Super Nintendo strapped underneath it, you look like an asshole and you feel like one. It doesn't work <laughs> worth it. Oh my god, it's so hideous. The army was like, "Hey man, let's take this simplistic device we have called a, a two, like a." 230, whatever the original fucking grenade launcher is. Let's only sell that out. It's a 203, wasn't it? An M203? Let's buy the expensive as fuck one and put that under there, even though it doesn't work near as well. And there's a lot more moving parts that will break when you fall down the side of a fucking mountain because you're in Afghanistan. That's army logic for you, man. That's how they roll. The M32 is the the grenade launcher that that those models from Anvil look like. And so this is the M32 and that's actually what the uh what the what the Anvil Industries models look like. They look like that like multiple round grenade launcher, dedicated grenade launcher. And then I was looking at the Thumper. And I think like aesthetically it kind of fits the sisters a little better, you know. Maybe not cuz they're pretty pretty uh yeah. Technology. Yeah. I don't know. Nope. We'll broke. see. A fucking broke grenade launcher. Yeah, look at that bad boy right there. That's what I'm talking about. There you go. Yeah, that's what those death death corp grenade launchers yep. look like. So I think I'm just gonna order some of those. I think uh it was either Mad Robot or Victoria Miniatures made them. And I'm just gonna order some of those just to replace out and swap out for for my sisters and just make a squad of sisters wielding dumpers. And dump them out. But for the most part, man, my sisters, I mean, you can see them right there. They're they're all, I took a picture of them, sent it to all the Patreon guys earlier, and just, it feels good to have a bunch of sisters. Sisters of Silence sitting around. <laughs> Other than that, <clears throat> just been sitting it. around watching fucking Punisher and uh, finally killed uh, Stranger Things, so... What can I yeah, say? I finished Stranger Things and I'm on it. I think I'm on episode two or three, Punisher. It's pretty wild. Stranger Things is a lot different than I thought. It's it's what's what's crazy about it is it's like it's like I feel like the uh the Dunner brothers or whatever their name is, they were just like, I bet nerds would do this. And like I was like it's like y'all have clearly never played D and D and uh like you're you're <laughs> <laughs> you're you're basically trying to uh trying to sell a childhood that y'all never had so uh <laughs> like they, they sells is a adventuring party do they have a cleric i feel like they don't have a cleric what kind of fucking rookie move is that <laughs> not having a cleric one of them was a paladin right yeah but that doesn't heal all they have is bullshit yeah, laying on hands for like a d6 paladin. you can't do that Fuck yeah, you're fucking paladin. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's just as good, man. It's just as good. No, it's not. Robert's yeah, not. you got to have a fucking the fucking d- the the best Dungeons and Dragons, which was three point five. 
fucking the goddamn cleric was the best class. Like it just was. <laughs> That's why Will got lost in the fucking underground or the fucking upside down because they didn't have a cleric. Obviously, yep. obviously, it's fucking well, zoomer bullshit. I don't know, but anyway, anyway, what kids? I don't know. I'm not gonna go into more into that. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was working yeah, on, man. It. All right. <laughs> it's just it's like it's like some. We're not going down this. <laughs> like I, I was, I was talking to my mom about this because she loves Big Bang Theory, and I was like, look, like I can't like Big Bang Theory because it's just like assuming what us nerds like, and it's not like. It's funny to you because you're on the outside, but when you're on the inside, it's not funny. Like it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> they got one thing right, one pussy. Everyone likes that, but that's about it. <laughs> the best, the best thing that a TV show has ever done to get nerds right was Parks and Recreation. The guy that was Leslie's boyfriend, like that's pretty goddamn accurate. Where he makes his own game, the Cones of Dunshire, and all the fucking accountants <laughs> are playing it and shit. It's so classic. The game, gentlemen, is Settlers of Catan. Settlers. <laughs> yeah. No, he, he. that's what he likes to put. That's what he did for his bachelor party was play Settlers of Catan and have beers. That's, dude. But like, he how, created his own games. Like, for real, though, like how like nerd culture is that? Like how like how legit yeah. is like I, I've had one of my buddies go, hey, man, we're not going to throw like your classic bachelor party. We're probably just going to play Scythe and like hang out and like and drink beers. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's fucking nerd culture. Like, not. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody who's not seen uh, Parks and Rec Cones of Dunshire and watch that little clip, it's like three minutes long and it's fucking amazing. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> Cones of Dunshire. Okay. Anyway. So, yeah. That's my hobby progress. <laughs> that's my. That's a little bit about how my Thanksgiving went. Went pretty good. So. I guess we'll move on. We'll move on to uh, a little Blood and Skulls Industries announcement because I really like Blood and Skulls Industries. You guys obviously like Blood and Skulls Industries as well. And like I feel like at this point, like we, we could talk about the Varagir Terminators, but there's already been enough people that have seen them that have talked enough shit. Like, like <laughs> there's just get it. like when when I see new releases <laughs> for real. I threw yeah. Anyway, we won't talk about them, but. But yeah, so I feel like when there's like third parties release bits that can be used, like I, I don't know, it's kind of like, hey, you know, Forge World announced this today. Well, I feel like we could be like Blood and Skulls Industries announced this today because it's fucking cool as shit for me anyway. So I don't know if you guys have seen, but by the time you're listening to this, hopefully you realize that Blood and Skulls is having a Cyber Monday deal, which is like 15% off of all of his shit. And on top of that, he's actually released a bunch of Mega Mechanoid Claws. He made. He released the Mega Mechanoid Claw. He released a Mega Mechanoid Slasher Arm, which is like a tendril arm. And then he released a Mega Mechanoid Saw, which are like all Knight Titan arms that go onto just the Questorus pattern knights. And they look fucking intense. And like, if y'all recall, like, and probably going to get some shit talking from Ryan and Scott on this one, I have some knights that I've been working on for a while. And well, well, well. <laughs> and if we all recall, these are supposed to be some uh, 
some workforce nights, right? And like, what better? Like, I feel like this is the reason why they went on hiatus for a little bit because these are perfect. Have you seen these things? Like, have you seen? Yeah, they look pretty rad. The clamps claws. Like, have you seen the saw claws? I don't know what I would do with the slasher claws or the slasher mounts, which are like the tendril mounts, but I'm going to get some of those too. I've already ordered the saws. I've ordered two sets of the saws and two sets of the, the clamps, which are, I guess, the claws. So those got released this past Saturday, and they're on sale now. And then he also released a tiger weapon turret today, which have you seen that, guys? Have you all looked at that tiger turret? I haven't. No, is it supposed to be like a tiger tank turret, kind of? So, I don't know if it... Check it out. Got it on your screen right now. I don't know if it's like a... Oh, fuck. Nice. Yeah, so you... you... Yeah, I think that I think that kind of looks like a tiger tank from World War Two. Yeah. So Google I, Tiger. I guess tank. King Tiger, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to go on the Lehman Russ, but I don't know yet. I don't know... Because he calls it the Tiger Dual Weapon Turret. So I don't know if that's supposed to go on the... Bane Blade Sponsons, or if it's supposed to, like, if it's big enough to actually go on its own Lehman Russ. I'm thinking it's big enough to go on its own Lehman Russ because it's got a, a couple on it. But, yeah. I mean, it looks like a Lehman Russ turret to me. Yeah, it looks badass. Looks like tight. So, congratulations, Blood and Skulls, changing the whole game up for everybody. Um, please release more stuff. He said he has more stuff on the way, too, so. Look forward to that. So, just wanted to make that announcement. Nice, man. I'm very proud. Of I just threw just threw some money his way today. So, enjoy. <laughs> Me too. I'd yeah. like to say it's hard earned, but it's fucking not. So, <laughs> <laughs> should have definitely waited for his 15 percent off Cyber Monday deal, which well, would have been tomorrow. <laughs> thank you, Michael. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, son of a knowing bitch. that you could have bought 15 percent more models. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. So we had that announcement that I wanted to get out of the way because, like I said, definitely support him. Uh, and next up, we're going to talk about this I Have Oris episode that you were on, which is going to be, their, I believe, their 113th episode. So, Ryan, why don't you tell us what you did with the guys from the I Have Oris? All right, so when... Going back to the beginning of this episode with our little bit of bitch in there, everybody knows that listens to this show. We've been trying to get an FAQ answered for however long. Um, At least a year. Well over a year. Well, we sent the cakes over a year ago, and I know that there was talk of an FAQ because it wasn't like the cakes thing was our first option. Nope. So I think it's been... The FAQ has been needed for about two years, and we've been trying to actively get it going for about a year and a half. Yep. So anyway, you know, Forge World drops this Hobbit FAQ out of nowhere. <laughs> and I just like, it was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. I was kind of like, what the fuck? Like, <clears throat> I don't understand. Like, what's it going to take? And to Tim about it, and Tim was like, we were discussing how long it would take, like how it's not really that hard, how we don't really understand. So Tim had the idea of just doing it live. It's not really live because we recorded it, but um, Tim had never looked at the questions. Michael had never looked at the questions. 
Um, obviously, I had seen the questions because I wrote them out, but I've never answered them. Actually, tried to answer these myself. Like I've always just said, "Eh, it's not really my place." I'm just trying to, um, you know, get them all in one spot, make it easy for Forge World to do it. I'm not really like a house rule type of guy most of the time, unless something. The only thing we've really house ruled was like shit that literally doesn't function that comes up all the time, like the dreadnought drop pod. I mean, we literally had to do something about that. Um, for the most part, like normal, like other FAQ questions, I almost, I pretty much just, if I foresee it coming because they're where they're playing a unit that there's questions about, I always just ask the other person how they want to do it, and I pretty much just always do it their right. way on a case by case basis. Like I'm not picky, right? Um, I don't really feel like any of them are like game shattering. So if the other per it's, it's if the other person's models, you know, I'll just be like, Hey, I normally play it this way, but this is the other way it can be played. Do you care? And if you do, you know, no big deal. Uh, I, I have no problem playing it this other way, that kind of thing. So I had never really went through and answered them for myself. So we just spur of the moment. I literally, Tim and I came up with this idea. I think it was more Tim's idea. And um, he was like, can you record? And I'm like, yeah, I can do it whenever. And he's like, well, cool. Michael's supposed to be around in the next hour. And I was like, that sounds good. And I think we had about 25 minutes lead up from the idea happening to when we were recording. And we um, recording. And from the time that we hit record until the time that it took about two and a half hours to go through and answer all the questions. So not not really too long. So the, the next iWars episode is just going to be us basically going through all of the community's questions that we have uh, accumulated over the last two years. And it was me, Michael, Tim. I uh, Tim would read the question or one of us would read the question. We kind of went like round Robin, mostly Tim. And then we would all just kind of give our interpretation, like what we, what, how we thought it would work. And it was basically just majority ruled. So there was like a few on where second, maybe right. one of the three people, you know, were like, eh, I don't know. And then we were like, well, we've already decided you've fucking been outvoted. So we're, it's set in stone now. So that's kind of what we did. Well, that seems like like the best way to do it, though. Like, if you, because I mean, everybody in there is pretty well versed in the game, and it, it definitely they're going to be the ones that are going to see like what's fair and everything like that. And of course, you're powerful, Ryan Kimmel, so you carry a lot of carry a lot of knowledge on well, the game. I, and... I th I think that the cool thing about it, honestly, was that because we did it essentially live during the recording with like no research into it, we literally just read the questions and did it without like all studying it for a day or whatever, all the discussion that you hear on the episode is just natural. So you actually get to hear us hash out the answers and come and why we came to the conclusions that we came to. You can hear that like happen naturally on the episode. Were any of them like uh, speed bumps you think, or was there like any bias where like one person in like, I don't know, plays Mechanicum, whereas the others don't. We're like, no, that's gone. <laughs> yeah. I can um, one person. No, there. I didn't feel like there was any of that. There were some that they're kind of hard to answer because I think me and you have had this talk before where there are some that people want to constantly change. 
um, or deny that they are worded a certain way because they feel like it's too powerful. And I'm like, well, regardless of whether you feel it's too powerful or not, to me, it's clearly worded. Right. Yeah, I, while I don't like it, and I do think it needs nerfed, it's not really my place to fucking go through and, you know, a rat of the book. All I'm trying to do is interpret what the, or, or as close to. So, so you can answer them that way, or you can answer them in a way that nerfs it. But I tried to be honest about it. So like, for example, the three that pained me to go one way, um, even though like, I feel like they should be this way, but I feel like they are written this way are, um, Second. Sekhmet choosing their powers. Yeah. I mean, it clearly says fucking choose. I mean, until there's other evidence put forward, it only ever says choose your powers when they mean choose your powers. Uh, the other one is the, if you take a single Persadium shield on a shield captain and then put him in a unit of guys without shields, how does that work? Well, it's it pretty much, it. it you only need one guy with a shield to get the minus one because it says... You know, if a model has this in assault, then you're minus one to hit. It's kind of like how one guy with a grenade, like a defensive grenade or an assault grenade, works for the whole squad, even though one guy only has the word here. So, I don't really know how else to answer it other than to be honest and answer it the way. I mean, I don't like it that it's that way. You know what I mean? But it is what it is. Same thing with Magnus and his D-Nova shit. Like the the warp fire or the the witch fire, like all his witch fires get to add the two d six strength for the mine wraith. There are a lot of people that want to say it doesn't work for Nova or doesn't work for that, but it's like it says witch fire and all those are witch fire. I don't know what to tell you. I hear you. So this is definitely not an errata. This is just straight up FAQ. Like this is well, some of the things have to be some of them have to be an errata because there's literally just not enough information. Like the dreadnought drop pod, or <laughs> the one that always it always comes up about the jet bikes in the movement phase. Like they get, it's like they can go, they can movement phase that you can take them off the board or whatever, and they go in like that could either mean they move off the board or you literally pick them up and take them off the board. But then it, it so it doesn't say either one. Like it's so unclear, I don't really know which way to go with it. That kind of thing. That's that Ravenwing one, right? So, Ravenwing and also the generic <clears throat> jet bike ride of war. Both of them say it. Yeah, it's like remove them off the board, and yeah, shady. But so what? That should be on their next coming up episode, right? That should be dropping on one thirteen. Sounds like right. And then I went through and typed up all the answers that we came up with, um, and the questions. And so I think Tim's going to release that as a document and download. I think it's in a yeah for a Word document. I think it's a Word document, but obviously that can just be saved as a PDF if you he can release it. However, so that gives all of the questions and answers that we came up with on the episode. The other thing that we did questions is you got all these special characters that they've come out with, and all of them are clearly. Um, like a lot of them are clearly console types, but they don't say anywhere in their entry that they count as whatever. And then there's a lot of like right of wars or um, just special rules or restrictions that say 
you know, you can only include a single console in this type of army, or you have to include a siege breaker to do this, or this right of war needs a master signal, that kind of thing. So I personally feel like Forge World needs to start in their special character descriptions, or they need to like put what kind of console that guy is. Because I see a lot of people game the system a lot of times where they'll take a right of war that only allows a single console, and then they'll take like a Primus Medicaid or something, but then take a special character one. Right. But because it doesn't say chaplain, it allows them to, you know, sneak in extra abilities that I don't really feel like you, you know, it's like, it's not really in the spirit of what they were trying to do when they wrote the rule. Or it's really bad in the case of word bearers on a lot because they, they already have a special rule where they have to take a second character and then they have a right of war where you have to take a diabolist or whatever. And then you obviously have to take somebody with Master of Legion to unlock the Right of War. So you end up like always having to have all three of your character slots filled and all this shit. So if you know anything about that, that's why people always ask, like, does Erebus count as a chaplain? Is, th is this guy a Diabolus? So Forge World has came out on some of these characters and said, yes, they count as both a Diabolus and a chaplain or whatever. But they've only done like the Wordbearer characters because it's more important with them than anybody. And I think maybe one or two other characters. Okay. But I feel like all the characters in the game need to have some sort of classification. Gotcha. Like that. Trying to think like what other... It's the same thing with like... Scenario they have that, that rule up. where you can... What'd you say? I'm trying to think of like what other scenario that would come up. Like where you're required to have a certain console. Like... Well, there's several rights of wars that say you can only have a single console choice. Well, like I was thinking, like a specific console choice, like a. Like uh, one... Ultramarines say that you have to have a master of the signal. Okay. Um, and do they have any special characters that could be a master of the signal? I don't think so. I'm trying to like word bearers are the big one. Um, I guess like if you were to look at the, like the, Fury of the Ancients Rattle right War, they require you to have, uh, Primus Medica, and. A, a forge lord, a forge lord. So that could be a <laughs> and a, a and, and somebody with master. Got to have a warsmith, things like that. So it's like it's you know, it's it's one of those things that just it needs to be clarified. There's like recon company makes you uh, says you have to have a vigilator characters that I think are clearly vigilators, um, like Exodus for, um. So, and I think like Alvex Mon is a master of the signal. Alvex, yeah, man, he definitely, definitely qualifies as master of the signal. So, it, it, and then also, you know, they have that Praetor rule where you're only allowed one Praetor per however many points, but you can cram as many Sigismans and fucking Pollexes and fucking Praetors in a list as you want. <laughs> and it's like, I don't, I'm not so sure that you should be able to run around with Pollux, Sigismund, and a fucking Praetor. At two thousand points or whatever. Ah, Seems okay. Good. No, that would definitely be uh that would yeah that would be a game changer right there actually. Just for the amount of people who ask cram. This. Those characters, those characters that are like Sigismund that have the Master of the Legion special rule, and you can only have one of those per every thousand points. Can you? Is that like kind of the built-in way to regulate that, or does that not work? Is that pretty easy to get around? 
Like you cannot, can you only take one character with Master of the Legion per thousand points, or is it as many as you want as long as you I don't know. I'd have to read that. I can tell you right now. I, b I believe it's every thousand points. Every thousand points, you can take one character with that rule. Yeah, it's something, something like that. Definitely. I think it was. I think I, I'm actually, sorry, I didn't mean to sidetrack or something. Curious. No, I believe it was under the Delicatus is where you actually have the chosen duty, or no, right of command. Individual so skilled or rare. Yeah, uh, HQ. So may only include a single model with this rule as part of their HQ per thousand points of the army. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so I guess from zero to a thousand you can have one, and then from one thousand and one point you can have two. So remember when you asked me about that the other day, Scott? I guess you could take a Praetor at low points because it's just per one per one thousand points. Okay, so I don't have to be at a thousand points to take one. Out. No, because okay, correct, because it says a have two models with Master of the Legion rule at two thousand points. Well, that's good because I was going to be playing about sixty-five points down in that game. You <laughs> need five hundred points; it's a pretty big deal. So, yeah, <laughs> so and then the Delegatus lets you get around that in the five hundred point in the zero to one thousand point realm. Gotcha. Lets you get Master of the Legion in there without yeah. having to go that high up. So, but um, but you get what I'm saying, like little, yeah. Like I, I just feel like that needs to be clarified because they they're always releasing new rights of war, new things like that, and it's like it. I just feel like it just makes the game better, it, you know, to have things like, like that identified. I feel like rights of war are a really good thing. They need to keep very tight control on as far as like quality and fluidity with the game because if they become like obnoxious and fucking crazy it becomes formations really you know or at least right same vein so we we definitely don't want that correct definitely 100 percent. so that's pretty cool ryan man good on you good on you sacrificing some of your time to go over that and get all that shit corrected. I'm looking forward to seeing what, what, uh, what y'all, the way y'all went on, on a lot of things. Do you think it kind of mimicked the Adepticon FAQ pretty closely? No clue, man. I didn't look at that. Um, and I, I didn't like, I didn't have that out. I didn't have Freddy's out. I tried to just do it naturally with those guys and hash it out with them and discuss it and just be totally biased as I could. About will, you, it. will you be using that FAQ for your uh, Ascendancy to Ruin event? I don't know if I'm even allowed. I think you have to use the F the Adepticon event if you run an Adepticon event. Oh. Or I think you have to use the F Adepticon FAQ if you run an Adepticon event. <clears throat> Tamp 4. But I don't know. Like I said, it's not super... Like it's, it, it, I'm not like super... Uh, adamant about it i mean people probably think that we're fucking psychos for being like i just want this faq just for clarity it's not like i play games and that's all i worry about is rules it's just more like i just want the game to flow and and move at a reasonable pace and i don't want things to come up during the game like this that makes one or the other because i mean i don't mind discussing rules but some people are more introverted or whatever, and then they don't want to say anything or it makes them uncomfortable or they feel like it ruins the game for them because they didn't get an answer on the question or whatever. I mean, I don't ever feel that way. Typically, if my opponent 
is you know says I think it's this way. Like I said, I'll I'll just go with what they say, um, unless it's like a very clear rule that I'm a hundred percent aware of that it works a certain way. Um, and they're just misinterpreting the rule. If it's not like an FAQ yeah. thing, like if it's a gray area, we'll just do it their way. If they're just getting a rule wrong, and I know it's a hundred percent wrong, um, I'll tell them. Um, but even then, sometimes I'll just let it go. And then at the end of the game, just try to make a mental note. And then at the end of the game, go, hey, man, I didn't want to interrupt the game or whatever. And it's no big deal. And now that the game's over and the the fucking, you know, everything's final. Let's take another look at this because I think you were wrong about this. And going forward, you know, may, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> just, what? Hey man, let's just let's just pull aside. I just want to let you know you're a piece of shit. You're a fucking piece of shit. You made me play that rule wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about that at all. Like I said, it's not even really that that big of a deal it's just like i just feel like everybody being on the same page or whatever just makes for a better better gaming environment and you can just worry about yeah you can just worry about having fun and playing your game or whatever and you don't have to worry about fucking digging rule books out and doing all that bullshit because that's that's that gets fucking old especially if you have to do it like several times in a row many games ruined over the i know i always pick on it but that dreadnought drop pod rule has caused more arguments um than I've ever seen, at least here locally at the game club. People fucking fought and fought. And that's why finally I was just like, look, we're doing it this way. Like, this is the way we're doing it from now on. If you play here, this is the way you have to do it because this solves all the fucking issues. And what do you do? Like, is there like a, a facing in, on top of the Dreadnought drop pod? Like, you have to show which way he's facing whenever you land or run us through that. Well, this is my favorite thing to do. I, I usually troll people now when people try to play it the way out of the book. Uh-huh. They'll go like, especially when they try to shoot. They'll go, well, "I'm going to shoot your dreadnought with this demolisher cannon," and I'll go, "Okay," and they'll go, "So put it over the dreadnought," and I'll walk over to my like to the a table that's not even the table we're playing on where my dreadnought's sitting uh-huh. because it's not deployed yet because it's in a vehicle, and put it over the dreadnought. <clears throat> and they're like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm putting the, the template over the dreadnought. It's not on the table. It's not deployed because it's in that drop pod. So while it's in the drop pod, it's not actually deployed. It's over here on my movement tray." So I'm putting the the blast marker over here on top of the dreadnought, <laughs> and then they're like, "What?" And I'm like, "Explain to me how this is supposed to work because that for firing at something that's not actually on the table, there's no answer, man." And so then, <laughs> what'd you do to fix it? When the fucking drop pod lands, the dreadnought. 100% has to get out 100% of the time, just like anybody else in any other drop pod. But as long as the, after the dreadnought gets out, as long as any part of its base is touching any part of the drop pod, including the door, it gains all the benefits as if it had stayed inside. Oh, okay. Okay. So you have to choose the facing and all and that, that stuff. And that, that gives it, that gives Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it's on the fucking table at that point. But yeah. it gets 100% of the benefits if, if it stayed in the drop pod. But it solves all the problems because the model's actually on the table. And then you just use the rules for a model being on the table. So you know the facing. You know if the drop pod explodes, what facing the explosion hits the dreadnought. You know if the dreadnought is firing, does it cross the drop pod or not, as far as granting cover and all that bullshit. Right. Um, if, if somebody shoots a blast weapon at the dreadnought drop pod or the dreadnought, we know where to fucking center the blast marker. Like, it's, it fixes it all. 10-4. Yeah, no, it does. It really does. Uh, so that... That, that and then you, basically the only thing you gain is you gain shrouded and you can't be charged and that's pretty much it, which is yes, 
Yep. So as long as you're touching the dreadnought drop pod. Yeah. Simple enough. Easy enough. Man, like ten minutes to talk on that one. You can do it, Forge World. You got this. <laughs> so very cool, man. Super excited to see that. Super excited for that to drop, especially the uh, paper copy because I feel like that's going to get issued around and used quite a bit. Uh, so definitely looking to see how far that makes it out there into the ether, and hopefully it makes it into Forge World's hands, and maybe they can do some of their own work on it. <clears throat> so. Rock and roll, dude. Rock and roll. So that's it for the FAQ talk as far as what you did on Eye of Horus this past weekend. Uh, now I kind of wanted to do a shout-out for Powerful William, man. So let me go ahead and tell all of you listeners out there what Powerful William did for you guys. So William is one of our Patreon supporters, right? He's actually been a fan of the show since day one, he's made it through the puppy story. He's made it through losing Ryan, getting Ryan back. Uh, he's, I mean, since day one, he's been there. You know, William's just as powerful William, all right? William went through the Dropbox where we have all of our lists, right? And where all the Patreon supporters have been seeing these lists. And we have them in quartermaster format, so they have to, like, pull it off of there and then send it to their phone. They have to have an iPhone to download Quartermaster and then they have to open up in Quartermaster. He took all of those lists and converted them to PDF format for you, the listener. He did that for you guys. And I just want to say thank you, William. Thank you for doing this because it definitely, definitely was not an easy task. Like I, I know you probably sat in front of your computer, possibly watching some sort of live PD for like 12 hours because it could not have been easy to just go back and forth doing that. And we, I'm positive that everybody appreciates what you've done. So what we went ahead and did is, and I actually did this right before the show is what I was working on, is we uploaded all of these PDFs that William did, Powerful William, and we po- posted them on Scribd. I don't know if a lot of you know what Scribd is, but it's S-C-R-I-B-D, and then it's Radio Freest, man. It, we're the profile on there. You'll see us on there. And I'll post a link up on our Facebook that has all of these lists in PDF format there. So you can see, and they're labeled. They have how many points they are. They have the name of the Legion it's for, and it's just completely down the line, all of the lists that Ryan has, Ryan has made for the show. And we actually have it on a public profile. You can go look at it. You can go download. You can go copy-paste. You can write notes on the scribe. You can write notes on the army list, which we definitely like you guys to do. If y'all have any suggestions on the army list and all that, make it like a live thing. Uh, So I will post that link here when this show is released. Um, But if you guys could go in there to that post, it'll be posted on our Facebook. And give a huge thank you to William because he's a bad fucking dude. And uh, definitely make sure that you let you know let him know how much you appreciate him for saving you a fuckload of work by him doing all this fucking work. So thank you, William. We definitely appreciate you going out of your way to fucking do that, man. You're solid. You're solid, man. Yep. Thanks, man. Bless your bless your sweetheart. Bless your sweetheart. All right. This one's for you, William. 
So, anyways, we got that out of the way. We'll get that posted up ASAP. And next thing we want to do is shout out to the Shapeways curated list. Uh, so, once again, guys, uh, I know we talked about it last episode, but kind of want to touch base on it again this episode. Uh, we, If you're a new listener or a, just like coming out the gate listener and you're trying to get figure out how to get started, which we get that all the time, this, especially with the uh, the Legion episodes out there right now. Um, just letting you guys know that Lice over at Shapeways has contacted us and asked us to curate a list of different bits that we would use or buy from Shapeways. And so what we've done is we've actually taken a number of different bits providers on Shapeways and chosen bits that you can take and apply to your Betrayal at Kalth box or your Burning Prospero box and put them into the invest into those bits to make your units out of those boxes more legion specific to kind of take your Kalth box or your Prospero box and make it a a, a legion on its own. So we couldn't have all the bits because there's so many out there that would only allow us to have so much on there. So it's not every bit, but if you go into our curated Facebook group, or I'm sorry, our curated Shapeways page, which you can actually find on our Facebook, it's actually pinned to the top of the page right now. And you can see on there all those bits. And if you go in there to see the different developers who make those bits, like Comrade Quiche and Pop Goes the Monkey and all that, go look deeper into the sellers that we have on those profiles and you'll see even more bits than we have on there. It's just like a good starting point for us where you can go in and, and see different bits and things like that. So Shapeways has been really cool with working with us guys. Uh, definitely, you know, go, go in there. If you use any of our links to buy any of your stuff, it'll show that it was purchased on our recommendation and, it just makes us look good, and they just do more business with us, and we really like doing business with them because they they uh they're making our podcast feel a lot bigger than it actually is. So I don't know. <laughs> so just want to let you guys know that. Uh, as well, Ryan, this is something that I didn't like. Moving on, this is something I didn't bring up in the introduction, but I kind of want to talk about the uh, uh, the Custodes eBay auction finished, right? And so the Custodes, uh, the Custodes Toys for Tots auction finished. Yes. And what was the final number? Like seven eighty five or something like that. Like I know Jamie yeah, had. I think it was seven eighty five or seven eighty seven, something like that. So fantastic, guys! Thank you for all of you that went out there and shared that Toys for Tots auction because I did see it get around the internet pretty fast. And uh, it did sell, man. It did sell for like $785. And that's all going towards Torts for Tots. So hopefully... Yep, every penny. So the Marines will buy some jackets and other nice things and toys for children. Like, it's just nice to know that, that that's going off. Like, thank you guys for everybody that shared that. It was successful. And we have more coming up. So get ready to, to share those as well, please. I think there's iron. I know for a fact there's iron warriors. Remember what else there is, but I know for a fact there's iron warriors. Love it, dude. Fan fantastic. So anyway, that's all I got. That's that's. We went through. I mean, that's we we flew past all those topics that we were going to talk about. So I guess now we're on to some Zamboni story before we start moving on to uh, to lists. 
Scott, have you listened to the last episode yet? Yes. Yes, I have. Okay. So this comes from Powerful Craig. So we told you guys last week that we were going to share Craig's stories. We're going to share the first story and then, of course, the second story. And uh, this is going to be the second story this week. And so if y'all remember Craig from last week's episode, or if you're a new listener, Craig sent in a story about him riding the uh, the Zamboni and doing, um, basically it was a child who had the uh, his face mask caved in uh, at, the, uh, at the ice rink and got all of his rusty face mask shoved in his face. So that was his first story. So let's go ahead and read you off the second part of his stories. So Craig says, so this story pertains to me. It was my first year on the job. I had begun working solo shifts earlier in the year. One of my responsibilities is to change Zamboni blades. Now, if you're not familiar with the Zamboni, a Zamboni blade is 77 inches wide and they actually used in paper mills for cutting the massive stacks of paper. To change one, you have to remove the top covers of the machine conditioner, the piece of the back that scrapes the ice, and remove large stainless steel nuts and bolts that hold them to the large steel angle iron that weighs a few hundred pounds or so. Needless to say, I was working on doing said blade on one of our machines when my manager comes in the room unannounced quietly and scares me while my hand is under the machine working on the bolts. Obviously, I jumped a bit. Little did I know what just happened. See, the blades are so sharp that if you get cut, you don't feel it. As they are cutting through the solid sheets of ice, they are sharp. Well, I looked at him and said, Don't do that, man. I'm working on the blades. However, his face had gone slightly white, and his jaw hit the floor. I looked at what he was looking at and saw that the puddle of water under the machine was no longer clear, but a deep hue of red. It did not make me. It did not take me long to figure out what had happened. I still have my hand under the machine when I saw. Get me a towel, please. He walks over and grabs a clean work rag, rag not taking his eyes off me, and removes my hand from under the machine. As soon as I did, the blood began to pour out from about a quarter of the way from the tip of my ring finger. Middle finger and the finger next to my pinky. Whatever the fuck that one is. So I cover it, put pressure on it, and take a deep breath. Thinking the bleeding will stop shortly if I apply if I keep a lot of pressure on it, I was so very wrong. I look at my fingers after 20 minutes and spread one of the wounds while he was keeping it on me, and I saw the bone within my own finger because that is apparently what stopped it from going in one side and out the other. I worked for another two hours before I had my friend come and get me and take me to the hospital. Apparently the car was going in and out from blood apparently in the car I was going in and out from blood loss and shock. It was a good time. To this day I still have no feeling in my fingers from where the cut occurred to the tips. Holy shit. How do you paint, man? <laughs> like <clears throat> He's got like absolutely Very carefully. <laughs> clearly. That's fucking wild. I would have never thought that Zamboni blades were that <laughs> fucking carefully. sharp. Nice. Nice. That sounds pretty sharp, man. I know a thing or two about sharp things in my day. I used to be a CNC tech at a like a glass factory where they uh, they make like boutique shower doors and things like that, and, and uh, pieces of tempered glass that require CNC machining to like accommodate certain mountings and stuff. Well, glass, obviously, I mean, it doesn't take a fucking genius to know it's incredibly sharp, like <laughs> incredibly fucking sharp. So we. Uh, 
like one of the one of the CNCs we use, it holds a piece of glass horizontally, like flat with suction cups. Because if you just laid it flat without something like that on brackets, you, you wouldn't be able to pick it up without it snapping in half. Because until it's tempered, it's not going to... It, it's called annealed, so it breaks into huge, sharp-ass fucking shards and super dangerous to use. You have to wear a, like a Kevlar bodysuit, all kinds of stuff. So one day, old boy was fucking picking it up out of the junior, or which is the... It's like an Italian CNC, like horizontal CNC machine we used, and uh, lifted it up, and one of the suction cups stuck on too hard, and it fucking snapped this piece of glass, and he had his sleeves rolled up, which is a big no-no, like <laughs> OSHA fucking violation, like, it won, hey, you work with f- giant... Uh, like a shower door, like a if it's twenty eight inches wide by seventy two inches tall, weighs about seventy five to one hundred pounds, somewhere in the, that ballpark, and it only gets bigger. Like they, we do all or did do all kinds of crazy sizes and stuff. So this thing fucking breaks and goes right after this exposed skin, and at first everything looks fine, like oh, the glass breaks on the ground and doesn't look like all all you see is like red crystals like from where the gla- glass was bloody and no one knows why yet and it hits the ground blows up in a large chunks and he's like oh shit well this thing went down his arm and traveled uh parallel down his arm but enough in that it flayed his arm in half and then the other half of his arm sloughed off and fell on the ground uh-huh. and- <laughs> fucking bleeding like crazy because there's no heat involved in this or anything like that it's just a straight fucking cut so it's like someone took a fillet knife and cut his arm in half and the mother he almost fucking died like they had to put a soda bottle and stuff underneath his arm and turn a kid on him and he's shocking out and doing the kicking chicken and stuff and yeah (laughs) holy fuck dude what the hey hey yeah Here's a pro tip. You work in an environment like that, the rules are there for a fucking reason, okay? Don't don't be the guy who winds up on an industrial accident story. Dude, what's wild is I don't like... know what he looks like now, but I bet he has a nasty yeah. little Crypt Keeper T-Rex arm because it fucking got halved, man. It's you know it's some gross freak appendage that he fucking has to it's unsightly, so I <laughs> I love how like for like a sp- down. <laughs> for like a split second it was like one of those old like Japanese animes where like they cut something in half and like nothing happens exactly. and I was like yeah <laughs> like oh man well it's retarded it's that sharp but like the glass passed through his arm and came out perfectly so the glass comes out red and then breaks on the gl- ground. And so they're like, I don't know, maybe he was bleeding on the ground and, and it, the glass just splashed in a pool of blood. And he's like, no, it's way worse than that. And then it like separated in two. If you've ever seen that movie, I think it's uh, 13 Ghosts. It's the, like they have the ghosts in the glass house with the glass walls. Yeah. And um, that dude gets fucking sliced in half by the, the glass door. It was kind of like and then, that. Man. And then it slides down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Gross, man. <laughs> 
so nasty. Dude, that's so fucking crazy. And what's even crazier is like, you know, like y'all's shirts that y'all had to wear, like would would he I guess his shirt would have protected him had he had not had his sleeves rolled up. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, he'd been fine. It wouldn't have mattered. I mean, it might have hurt like as in, uh, you know, let's say a piece of furniture or something what? heavy falls on your arm. But that's like, ah, ah, well, well, you know, as opposed to I have a fucking T-Rex arm now. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> so like going to make. <laughs> so, so the thing is like, right. So I'm guessing this shirt he's y'all are wearing are like Kevlar or some bullshit like that. Like something crazy. Yeah, it's, it's a. It's a Kevlar turtleneck with a Kevlar apron. So, and then you have on gloves. You have on a. They're like, they're not. They're not Kevlar, but they're some kind of spray-on, cut-resistant material. They're huge as fuck. They look like Mickey Mouse gloves. Okay. And then you, you know, safety glasses, obviously. So you have on a lot of countermeasures to keep this from happening. Probably. The only countermeasure regulation you can protect against is you being a fucking idiot (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so so you got the kevlar shirt you got the kevlar apron you got the kevlar gloves probably kevlar gloves or something that craig was supposed to be wearing we don't know we don't know but glass has been around a fucking long time i don't know how long zamboni blades have been around but like the glass like glass and skyscrapers were long way before fucking kevlar was around so i feel like you know there's Like, there's a way worse fucking accident. Could you imagine in the 50s how many people got just just taken? Oh. Yeah, dude, say if you're right about somebody getting up, man, just get jacked up super bad. So, like, where I worked, it, it was like 110 degrees or something back there because that glass has to be cooked in a tempering furnace it's like 2000 degrees roughly so it's fucking real hot back there and asshole you know what it's hot you're sweating i get it kevlar fucking sucks to have on but you drink water and don't be a bitch and you'll be fine and he he broke the golden rule man can't be a bitch rolled the sleeves <laughs> up and he paid for it it <laughs> paid for it that glass is going to find your weakness. It's going to find it. You know, like, uh, <laughs> it's going to hunt that down. Yeah. Like a heat seek. Uh, yep. So uh, lucky shit. him. <laughs> That's fucking wild guys. If you want to leave us an industrial accident story or any story for that matter, I was actually, I was thinking about something. Oh, if you have any black Friday, fucking stories you want to share with us man i, I really want to get those in as well uh if you want to leave us a oh, voicemail yeah, yeah dude i'm totally stoked like if you got any black friday uh uh any black friday horror stories man i'm trying to remember what happened like something happened to me at black friday a while back at best buy i just can't remember like our country goes full-blown fucking crazy on black friday it's great i love it man we can't get enough I remember. I don't even go to buy things. I just go to watch. It's it's so it's perfect. <laughs> so like our our Best Buy is kind of near, like a, a like, oh no, what was it? I know there was like a lady who was in line to go to the bank. She thought she was in line to go to a bank in the morning, and <laughs> like so she waited in line at like a Best Buy, thinking this was for like for some bank, and they trampled this like old fucking seventy year old lady. But I, I, I think that was like in 2011, yeah, dude. 
survival of it is, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like she was just in the wrong place that, at the wrong like, time. Nature is cruel. Nature is a cruel mistress <laughs> on Black Friday. <laughs> oh man, that's fucking wild. So so yeah. So anyway, yeah, we want Black Friday stories. If you got them, RFI. I'm sorry, 209 RFI 30K0 is our number. Call us in, leave us a voicemail. We'll play it live. Uh, definitely want your Black Friday stories. And uh, as well, if you do not want to call in, you're an international listener, you'd rather just uh, you know record it and send us to an email. You can send that to Michael at warmer30k.com, Ryan at warmer30k.com, Scott at warmer30k.com, or Derek at warmer30k.com. And uh, we will play it live on the air. So, love it. Looking forward to those Black Friday stories. I'm sure that, and it's apparently it's starting to go around the uh, the world a little bit. We had a, I don't know if you listened, we were talking with Kieran last week, and uh, he said that it was slowly starting to move over there to Australia. So we said they do it online, but he said that like as far as like him because he works retail, he said at the actual store, it's like just any other day. Yeah, he said they're trying to push it though, so it'll get there. It'll fucking get there. <clears throat> There were some things. There are some things I got on Black Friday. Not didn't go get them. I went to you know I was online, but I feel like the shame is well, going to go there across really the world. Fucked up blood is gold thing. So <laughs> that was my celebration of Black Friday by buying something the fucking day after. <laughs> well, his isn't until Cyber Monday, so he just bought it a day early. Like, Let me pull yeah, this trigger. Okay. Fuck yeah, boosh. Uh-huh, well, tomorrow goes on sale. I was proud of myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch. So that's it for that, man. I guess we'll go ahead and move on to some list. How about that? How about them apples? Let's do it. On to the list. So first things first, Ryan, you have a Night Lords list for us. Okay, so this uh, comes from Con. Connor. Oh, his name's Connor. So Con says, Hey guys. Powerful Connor. Hey guys, long time listener, first time Connor here. First time typer Connor here from the UK. Man, I fucked that up. Not sure if this was the right <laughs> way to get list help, so let me know if it isn't. Anyway, the reason I'm writing this is because I'm looking to start a new army while I'm waiting for Angelus to release, and I've settled on doing a fluffy Night Lords Atramenser list. Only issue is I don't really know where to get it started, or where I should be doing, or what I should be doing, so I don't get battered. Any help I can get for this list would be great. The only stipulation is I have is that it includes a squad of Tataros Terminators, as I already have those. Cheers in advance, Connor. So, man, that's a fucking, like, easy list right there. <laughs> like, it's like easy request. I just yeah, want Tataros Terminators. It's... Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, let me pull it up here. So the only tricky thing about this was I really wanted to do a Terminator Command Squad. Um, because I felt like that would be fluffy, but the problem is the first captain of the Night Lords that controls the Atramentar is Sevatar. And Sevatar is in Artificer Armor, not in Terminator Armor, so you can't take a Terminator Command Squad. Bunk. Makes no damn sense. Yeah, so that's kind of lame. So this is what I ended up with. I got Sevatar. Naturally. It's like you can't not have him. I took a Primus Medicae in Artificer Armor with a power weapon. Um, Sevatar is taking Pride of the Legion, by the way. 
for the first troop's choice, I have eight Terminators. You can make them Tartarus or Cataphracty. I left the option for you. Um, these guys have... Uh, two of them have power weapons. Once again, your choice. Uh, two of them have lightning claws. Uh, just single lightning claws. Uh, three of them have chain fist. And the sergeant has a chain glaive. Um, and in heavy support, I took a Charybdis. So all eight of those guys, plus Sevatar, plus the Primus Medicae, go in the Charybdis. Um, so that's that unit. Then for the second troop's choice, I have five Terminators. Once again, you can go Cataphracty or Tartaros, your choice. Um, two of them have single lightning claws. Two of them have chain fist. The sergeant has a Nostrum and chain glaive. And they are in a dedicated Anvilus pod. And then for the, for the third and fourth troop choices, or sorry, one, two, three, four. So basically that Terminator squad that I just read off, I'm just repeated four times. So it's four it's four Terminator squads all in Dreadclaws, and then you got the bigger one in the Charybdis. And then for the Lord of War, I took a suborbital strike wing of two Avenger strike fighters. Have uh, Kraken heavy missiles and battle server control. The reason I did that, if you read that uh, one short story or audio drama or whatever, I believe it's called Prince of Crows, but I could be wrong. Or Sevatar has that fighter that a uh, Navy fighter wing that okay. he's like pals with. And he actually rides on their fighter jet over to the other that. Yep. Yep. They like shoot him through the fucking command deck window and he kills a bunch of people <laughs> yeah. that way. So I wanted to, I wanted to throw a suborbital wing in there. It's not exactly like spacecraft because all of the planes in the suborbital wing are atmospheric craft. There's no like space fighters in where of, so I didn't really know how to represent that. This is the closest I could get. And then I obviously put Sevatar in there, and then I feel like uh, Anvilus Claws and Charybdis Claws are really fluffy for Night Lords. If you read any of the Night Lords stories, they actually call their squads Claws, like First Claw, Second Claw, Third Claw. And there's several stories of them deploying via Dread Claw. The reason I didn't just do teleportation is obviously because you can't show up till turn two at the minimum if you do that. And since I wanted this entire army to be like deep striking, whatever, with all the Terminators um, to get them where they need to go, I pretty much had to put them in in Dread Claws. So, by the way, I just repeated those Terminator squads with the same war gear. Um, they all still have at least a five points worth of weapon uh, on every Terminator in the squads. So when I just said four of the same squad, you can actually arm them different if you want. You have the points to do that. You would just change their war gear around. It's kind of like a placeholder. Like, here's the idea. This gets you close. This is this is why I went this way. Um, but I didn't, like, go in and go, like, you know, this guy is a power axe because of this reason, and this guy has power swords. Like, that's something you should do to make the army your own. I just basically kind of did it as a placeholder. Um, for whatever reason, if this would have been more of a standard list like this where like because like i said sevatar isn't in terminator armor if i was able to take a praetor in terminator armor what i probably would have done is taken a terminator command squad and um 
just made it a four man. So then the, the Praetor would have fit in there with them. And then I would have taken a Dreadclaw um, instead of a Charybdis and made that eight man squad smaller down to basically made that eight man squad a four man command squad. Praetor in there with them and a, and a uh, Anvilus and still had five Anvilus. And then with all the extra points, I would have just bought another Terminator squad that was loose on its own and then allowed them to deep strike and come in off of uh, Sevatar's teleport Homer thing on his in his staff. But you can't really... It's hard to... I, I wanted an, uh, an odd number of pods so that you got maximum pods turn one. Probably couldn't do that with this list unless you uh, took it up to 3,000 points. So if you wanted to increase this army above this amount, I would start taking Terminator squads that don't have transports at all, that are just on foot, but then give them the teleport transponder that Night Lords can take and then bring them in off of uh, Sevatar's swagger stick. Because he's coming in first turn. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense, dude. The swagger dagger. Nice. Then you can... Let uh... me... Yeah, so like I said, this list, because it's like a lot of just repeating units, like, like I said, I just really want to make clear that he understands it wasn't like I just picked one thing and spammed it. I mean, I did, but it was just for ease of writing the list. And I didn't choose whether they're Cataphracty, Tartaros, and then I, like I said, I just kind of gave him all the same war gear options um, so that he can... But he can decide how he wants to do it. Like, if he wants to give a unit all lightning claws to have some variation and some other guys, some combi weapons or whatever, that's all on him. But I just basically did it as a template of this is probably what it should look like from a fluff standpoint. And then you can move war gear around or do whatever to kind of make the list your own. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm actually, hold on, Googling Tataris Terminator Night Lord in Google because I want to see what these will look like. Oh yeah, there's some there's some people who's done up, who's done them up. Oh yeah, they look dope. It's a lot less lightning than I would have hoped for, but that's okay. A lot of people do cataphract, <laughs> which makes sense, but there's just like so few Tataris users out there that like I feel anything that you add to the uh, anything you add to the uh, to the Google's man is really gonna help out. Oh dude, look at this. Look at this Night Lord's Praetor. They took the nice. tr Tribune. That's pretty cool. The Tribune. The Tribune model. Gave him a Terror Squad head. Fixed, fixed up his little his, stick thing. His, his trench paragon, axe, whatever the hell you call it. Yeah, it was a Paragon Blade. That's what the Paragon Blade is. But they turned it into a fucking chain glaive. It looks like a brush axe. Yeah, dude. It looks fucking badass. Love it. He's got a pulse all. <laughs> he, he does. It's a big ass fucking pulse all. So yeah, tight man. Just got out of his bucket truck. Sweet dude. Totally looking forward to seeing what that army looks like. Once you start working on that, let us know so we can see it. And then uh, if you need some shoulder pads, man, Shapeway's got them for you. They got Night Lords Tatara shoulder pads. Check that shit out. Get you get your shoulder pad game on. I'm pretty sure nobody's ever bought Tatara shoulder pads for Night Lords from. Shapeway, so I think you'll be the first. But they're there. Ooh, these look dope. So that's it for that list, man. That's that sounds fun. Bunch of anvilists, a lot of painting, painting for. We got a sneaker. 
Got a sneaker. Oh my goodness! Right. Someone stealing things out of your paint rack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was she painting Dark Age stuff or oh. what? No, she hasn't started painting her stuff yet. We signed up for classes at Adepticon, and now she's ner- now she's like she was gonna start painting her stuff, and now she's like, I want to wait till we take her classes at Adepticon, and I don't want to mess these guys up. Yeah, that's how I feel. So, that's how I, I feel about wait. my acquisitors, man. Like, I know I got to get them painted before Adepticon, but like, I really feel like they're just gonna get stripped afterwards. Like, I'm really, really worried about starting anything right now, knowing that <laughs> I have like sweet classes coming up. <laughs> So, uh, I don't know. I got that sweet ass dry brushing course right. that I took from from Duncan. So, <laughs> uh, two thin coats, Duncan. Two thin coats, Duncan. Man, I just wanted to get in a class with him just to see how cool he is. Like, like he's he's a cool dude. Like he's probably one of the coolest internet celebrities I know. And just I just want to I don't know. I took a dry brushing course. Like it's like a, a 3 hour dry brushing course at Adepticon. Like what the fuck am I going to like That's pretty extensive dry brushing instruction there, sir. <laughs> Dude, like <laughs> why did they Oh, I can't wait to see how he's going to stretch that shit out. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Next list. What do we got here? We so we got so remember a while back when we had a guy write in and he was wanting to get his buddy into the game and he wanted two lists, two death guard lists that were matched head to head for like Isfan three. So you had like a ground army and then one that would deep strike in to represent represent each Isfan three, but they were both painted so that if you wanted to combine them together and make them one big army, you could. Yeah. Yeah. And we kind of came up with that idea for him and wrote those two lists. So we had this guy, uh, Jeremy, he's written in, and he liked that idea so much that he wanted me just to do the same thing again, but this time with Sons of Horus. He says, Ryan, I love the match Death Guard Force in episode 74. Uh, Could you make a similar set of lists for Sons of Horus, themed around Abaddon versus Loken? I don't mind the points level or format, uh, normal games or Zone Mortalis. Um, I want to use it as a painting slash demo force preferable over a tournament list uh keep up the good work jeremy i did it i can do it because he said could i do it and yes i could do it and i did do it (laughs) game on fucker game on (laughs) so Uh, sons of horrors yep let me pull them up here on my phone jeremy all right here we go so you wanted to do the traitor or loyalist first? Uh, let's go loyalist. No, traitor first. I'm more interested in the loyalist side of it, so I want to see the traitor one first. So the loyalist can be like a okay. Surprise. So you, you got to remember. So the traitor forces were landing. Yes. So that it's so it's going to be like more themed around orbital landing. So we have Ezekiel Abaddon, obviously, because he wanted Abaddon in the arm. So I gave Abaddon the power sword because he the model just looks a lot cooler with the sword and the claw than it does with the bolter. Okay. And the claw. So I gave him the sword. Um, then for troops, I have a 10-man tactical squad. Fisser armor and power weapon. Once again, changed the flavor of the power weapon because he said he wanted this as a painting slash demo project. So, you know, whatever flavor power weapon he wants to do. Um, and they are in a drop pod. This is an orbital assault army, by the way. So Abaddon took right of war orbital assault. 
choice is another 10-man tactical squad. A uh, sergeant has artificer armor power weapon. Once again, whatever power weapon floats your boat. Right in a drop pod. Then I have five Jesteran Terminators. Three of them have single lightning claws. Two of them have chain fist. And these guys will be with Abaddon. Um, and they will use his... Uh, ...thing, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to use his teleportation ability. Uh, then for the second Elite choice, I have a Contemptor Cordis Dreadnought. Um, it is armed with a close combat weapon with a melt gun and a Dreadnought Chain Fist with a heavy flamer. And for fast attack, I took an, uh, a loose Anvilus Pattern Dreadclaw, and this Contemptor Cordis will go in that Dreadclaw. Um, then for the third Elite slot, I took a seven-man uh, Veteran Squad. They have uh, machine killers. Uh, let's see. Six of them have combi meltas. And the sergeant has artificer armor and a combi melta as well. And they're in a drop pod. So it's basically seven guys with combi meltas, machine killer, and a drop pod. Um, then for fast attack, I have the anvilus that I already spoke about earlier that the uh, chorus goes in. Then for the second fast attack, I have a 10-man reaver squad. Two of them have power weapons. Once again, whatever flavor of power weapon you want. Two of them have melta guns. Um, seven of them have Volkite chargers, and seven of them have chain axes. So essentially, you have seven chain axes, two power weapons for a total of nine, which is the nine normal guys. And then you have seven Volkite chargers and two melta guns. Once again, nine for the nine normal guys. Then for the sergeant, he has artificer armor and power fist, and they and they are all. 10 in a drop pod. And then for heavy support, I have a Fire Raptor gunship with wing-mounted Hellstrike missiles and autocannon batteries. Got Reavers, it's got Justerans, it's got Anvilus Dreadclaw, it's got Fire Raptor, it's got Justeran, it's got Abaddon, it's pretty fucking Black Legion, if you ask me. Or, sorry, uh, Sons of Horrors. Yeah, dude. Uh, like slash it. Black Legion foreshadowing yeah exactly i dig it i dig it i've never do you always run the cortis with the heavy flamer melta or is that something like is that is that how you run your guys i just thought it was fluffy like yeah. it's just kind of cool it's like a cool it's like the traditional loadout on a dreadnought you got some type of anti-tank weapon and then a ruins or whatever you think about this phone three like what the type of uh environment they were going down into it's just like you have the flamer to get people out because they're entrenched and the melt a gun to like blow open barricades or yeah to get to stuff. It's kind of like a siege. I, th I thought of it as like a siege loadout. I get it. No, I, I feel it. Yeah, I just thought it was. I've never heard so you got, switch up the hands like that, and so it was kind of kind of interesting. But power fist, power fist, chain fist, melt a gun, heavy flamer. I just felt like that's very siege oriented. Yeah, I see them like using the heavy flamer, getting people out of their fucking little bunkers and trenches and shit like that that are hiding and like Yep. Yeah. They have yeah. I get it. Love it. Simple enough. This man. Is, like you said, it's more of a like Yeah. It's it's, it's this is supposed to be more of like a display army, demo army, whatever. Yeah. So You're not going for optimum loadout, you're going for like fluff and and I get it. Yeah. Just yeah. 
Um, Having all those different weapons types makes it a little easier to teach new people, you know. For sure, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Which I think that's the goal of these of these lists. So, but without nitpicking, so then we'll go with the. I dig it. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, it gives him a wide variety of units. You got your two tactical squads, your reavers, just staring, veteran squad, dreadnought character like it you know what i mean it's it's got a lot of variety to it it'll look cool but it still all fits a solid theme uh let's see then the loyalist side of things oh by the way that list is 1995 so it's a 2000 point list that's five points shy so on the other side of things we have like what would be the ground forces reveal loken obviously is the hq and um i don't think i took a right of war the generic Age of Darkness army list. First troops choice, I took a 15-man tactical squad. And these guys are armed with additional close combat weapon. So they have bolter, bolt pistol, chainsword, artificer armor, and power fist. Troops choice, I took a 15-man assault squad. Um, three of the assault marines have power weapons. The sergeant has artificer armor and power weapon. And the entire squad has melt bombs. Then for elites, I have a 10-man marksman veteran squad. Weapons, you can give them whatever. I gave them, I put Melta in here, but it could, they could be whatever. Uh, two of them have power weapons. The sergeant has artificer armor and power weapon, and the entire squad has melt bombs. <clears throat> um, then for uh, uh, the f- second elite's choice, I have an apothecary and detachment of three apothecaries. Uh, the first apothecary has artificer armor augury scanner, and it'll go with uh, the veterans. The second one has artificer armor and augury scanner, and it will go with the 15 tactical marines. And the last one has power sword and jump back, and it will go with the 15 assault marines. Um, then I have a... Uh, for the second elite... or third elite slot, I have a contemptor mortis dreadnought, and the Mortis Dreadnought has two assault cannons. And then for the fourth and final elite slot, I have a, a quad mortar battery of three quad mortars. Um, they are upgraded to shatter shells. Uh, that's it. Uh, so just the normal rounds and shatter shells, just all in a battery of three. Uh, for heavy support, I have a Derradeo pattern Dreadnought with uh, uh, the... Alios missile launcher, and then the standard auto cannon battery, and then for the last uh, heavy support slot, I have a six man heavy support squad. Um, all all the guys, including the sergeant, have missile launchers. And by the way, the the apothecary that I said went with the vet squad, it actually goes with the heavy support marines. I messed that up. They can join whatever, and that's something you choose before the game. So you can you have three apothecaries to mix and match in your four um, power armored squads. I guess the one with the jump pack pretty much always has to go with the assault marines, but the other two can go in any of the three squads. So here's what I really like about that list. So like, if you were to be looking at like what makes like you know is this list competitive or whatever, it's like this list is pretty balanced against the other list that you have so like the like you have the the awesome like i guess uh 
extreme amount of drop pods coming in. And then on this list has like everybody with augury scanners, but at the same time, like you're looking at a fire Raptor in the other list and, and things like that, which are going to really put the hurt on this like ground force list. So like, it, I, I do like how you kind of balance. Well, you that. have a Derrideo. So you have like a Derrideo versus the fire Raptor. Right. Yeah. That's what I figured. Then you have like the, um, but none of the other, so none of these guys in this list, there's no dedicated transports in this army. Right. Because if you read the stories, they didn't have any down, whatever. And they didn't have any, they're just on foot running around. They're just dug into ruins in the coral city and just kind of waiting. So they had a few dreadnoughts with them. And then, so I, I put a few rapiers in there, the quad mortars. I figured they'd have a few of those left. You know, they would have other Then they have the two dreadnoughts. They have the mortis and the daredevil air support yeah so those kind of the uh did you they got the anvilus and the fire raptor in the other list so you have the mortis and the derradeo to go against that and then you have guys with you have two dudes with augury scanners to go with the heavy support marines and veterans or the normal tacticals or whatever to try to kill guys coming out of drop pods and then when the guys get out of the drop pods to do whatever, I loaded these guys up with assault. The tacticals had the extra close combat weapon. Right. And then you have veterans, which are pretty good in assault, things like that, to kind of try to counter assault the guys as they come out of the drop pod. Yeah, it, it, it definitely seems like the ground forces definitely outnumber the drop podding army, but the drop podding army has a lot more punch embedded in the army than... Well, it should because Abaddon rolls around with the first company, yeah. you know, with the, so they got the Reaver guys, which are the, the elite dudes, the, the catch land Reaver squad. Then you got the Justeran, which are obviously elite and they're Abaddon's bodyguards. And then you got Abaddon. And then I, I made sure to put a few veterans in both lists. And then, um, so yeah. So, and also you got to think I designed it. So like you could buy two Kalth boxes. Yep. Um, and, and, and just like the other army, so, like, I put two Dreadnoughts. I have the Mortis in one and then the dual close combat weapon in the other. And, and it's designed so you can arms. take the... <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I, I put that amount of thought into it as well when I went through it. And then I also didn't want to repeat a bunch of the same unit so that if you combine these two armies, you wouldn't have a lot of overlap. So, like, this army has an Assault Squad, a Marksman Vet Squad, um, three Apothecaries, uh, a Contemptor Mortis, Quad Mortars, Derrideo, Heavy Support Marines, none of which are in the other list. The only thing that this list has that's in the other army are the 15 Tactical Marines. There's right. veterans in it, but they're melt of vets as opposed to just bolter vets. Sounds good, man. One thing, I, I mean, this has absolutely, like, it just got my, my wheels turning, and maybe this is something that you guys know that I don't. Did the the individuals on Istvan? Did they have a? Did they have dreadnoughts running around? Like were were there dreadnoughts R down? Rylanor was there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. And uh, there's uh stories yep. about the Death Guard one, right? The one that had the breach in his armor when yep. they started virus bombing everything. Yep. And then, like I said, Rylanor is the most famous. So they definitely had dreadnoughts. Huh. That's weird. I just don't know why they just wouldn't. I guess they didn't want to look uh sus. Well, so dreadnought, dread, well, dreadnoughts would uh, some of them would be the most likely to be loyal because they were around the longest. Because no, yeah, they were yeah. yeah I, I remember Old they school. woke up the warhound dreadnoughts and stuff Dude. like that. But like, it just seems like they could just unplug them, you know? 
Like, like it just seems like, like they're they're like the easiest loyalist to kill. I feel like, you know, <laughs> it's suspension like, of disbelief, Michael. <laughs> suspension of disbelief, brother. It's just like snuffing out an old man. You know, you just like oh, pull the plug. Like it's, it seems it seems rather easy. Like these would be the easiest to kill, but I guess they didn't want to look suspect, so they're like, yeah, we're sending dreadnought support too. So I don't know. It just. I don't know, it just seems pretty easy to kill a dreadnought occupant when he's sleeping in your fucking dreadnought bay. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to tell you that you wouldn't have cool army lists like this or cool novels. So. <laughs> yeah, you just have everybody <laughs> fucking murdered. What do you want? <laughs> if all this story was planets getting bombarded with nuclear weapons, it would be very interesting. <laughs> yeah, just just virus bombing everything, which you know, yeah. what else works works like that. <laughs> all right, so that's that, man. Super cool list, dude, Ryan. I do, I do like, uh, I do like where you went with that. They seem to balance each other out. I could definitely see both ends having a really good time playing both of those lists. It actually. It definitely feels like, uh, um, it, it's very reminiscent of when I first started. I was playing Raven Guard and I played a drop list, and Zach was playing Death Guard, a uh, raping list. And it was just like, it, that's the kind of games that we would play against each other was like his augury scanners versus my fucking drop prod shit. And so, very cool. I like it. Anybody who plays those two lists together are going to have fun. Yeah, that's kind of the idea. So, hopefully, it works out. So, rock and roll, man. That's it. That's it for this episode, man. Short episode. Well, we just recorded not that long ago, so it's like so short gap. There's not a lot, you know, <laughs> in between that happened to cover. So, so, so yeah, guys, you out there listening? Uh, next week we will plan for the white scars. So we'll go ahead and we'll do some research on that. We already mentioned last time that we were going to step our game up for these, these next coming up Legion reviews and stuff like that. So, um, should, should we talk about what I have planned for our patron listeners or should we just wait and see if that actually happens before I talk about it? No, talk about it. Like I, I, like you got to, man, just talk about it and then we'll motivate you to do it. So I've been talking with Michael about getting a microphone set up where I can record while I roam around. Like, if you've seen, like, on Jerry Springer or whatever, the little fucking mics that they clamp on, like, your belt, and then you have a little microphone you talk into, and it transmits somewhere, that way you can fucking fist fight without having to hold a microphone, like, on the right. Jerry Springer. Yeah, wireless labs. <laughs> looking at getting one of those so that I can roam around my basement and work on terrain, because I've been down here working on terrain a lot for Adepticon, and when I'm not working, like, shitloads of overtime at work, you know, I'm down here a lot doing that. And I thought, you know, while I'm down here alone, being well, not really bored because I'm working on terrain, I could do like some serial killer logs about tactics or unit breakdowns. Because when we first started this episode, remember I used to do those unit breakdowns of like or whatever. And to be honest, it's just really honestly just me droning on about my thoughts on shit while Michael sits there bored and goes, uh huh, uh huh, and <laughs> nods. So I was like, you know, I could just fucking do this on my own. And then just send it to Michael for editing and then he doesn't have to suffer through it and then we can put it out. And it's just something nice to give back to our, uh, our patron guys. You know what I mean? Like little, little something 
for them since you know they signed up and did all that. So I think I'm going to look into doing that. So I need to I need to order the microphone. Michael's been sending me some stuff. I need to get that ordered, and then it'll just be something I put out like. Anytime I come down here and work on terrain, I'll come up with a topic of what I want to talk about, and it'll just me be me talking to myself, and then it'll just you know I'll send it out to Michael, and then he can get it edited and put it out for our patron guys. Love it, dude. I'm trying to think about how like, how we could like because I could definitely we'll, we'll we'll talk more about it, but yeah, for sure that sounds like a blast. Just Ryan's crazy rants about units and things like that. Yeah, it could be anything. It may, like, cause I, you know, like, it, it'll, I'll try to keep it obviously 30K themed, but it can be like, you know, what I'm actually working on terrain lies. Like, hey, I'm doing this. I came up with this idea and kind of describe what I'm doing and what my thought process was and then, like, have some, then take some pictures and then we can kind of put the pictures up in that or I can do, like, unit breakdowns. Like, before I do it, I could just pick a unit that I want and then get a little five by seven note card and write down the points I want to hit and just kind of lay that down in front of me while I'm working on terrain. And then as I'm like talking about whatever I'm working on, working on terrain, I can have that as a visual reference to make sure that I hit the points that I want to hit. And it would be something that doesn't take away I'm already down here doing hobby shit. So it's not like it's uh it's basically killing two birds with one stone, I guess. Cause I feel bad we were supposed to be doing all these like break the glass episodes and all this other shit, but it's like, there's only so many hours in a week. Yep. And you know, I, I do all these lists and then we record the show and I record my dark age podcast and then married, um, happily married. I'll add. And you know, want to keep my wife happy. And... <laughs> Why keep that way if I can. <laughs> yeah. Michael's joking, looking over his shoulder. She's not down here anymore. <laughs> she went upstairs. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just one of those things. Like I, I I'm tr- I'm looking for ways where we can still put out more content without more of my time that I have to dedicate to other things. Just need the technology, man. We got the answer for you. We'll get it done. Yeah. So we record these shows and they're like between two and three hours long. And, you know, we have to do all these, we do all these list reviews and stuff, which has become like, you know, the key component of the show. When, when we first started, it was like, I did those unit breakdowns and then maybe once every two or three weeks, we would get one list in whatever. And now we get so many lists we've, it's taken up so much time. We can't do like the unit breakdowns. So this will allow me to kind of do both and just put more content out there. I mean, surely people won't bitch about, more content. Yeah. Never exactly. say never, my friend. Yeah. Never say never. <laughs> so, Stop I mean, it's, still, it's like, we're just, I'll record it and put it out there. And, you know, people, they're already, people that are already in our patron thing, you know, they're already patrons. It's not a big deal. So it's just something, a bonus for them. It's not like we're asking anything more of them. And then they, if they want to listen to them, they can. If not, no big deal. So, proud of you, Ryan. I'm proud of you. You sure are a go-getter. So with that, we'll go ahead and close this episode out. And uh, guys, if you want to support us on Patreon, <laughs> speaking of Patreon, we haven't we haven't <laughs> plugged it for a while. Uh, we do have a Patreon set up, uh, Radio Freest Van. Uh, you can find us on there. Uh, once again, guys, if you want to leave us a voicemail, it's a 209-RFI-30K-0. Um, we definitely, definitely always 
play the voicemails. Um, also, guys, on there, if you want to, if you're on Facebook, you can find us on Facebook, of course. We're Radio Freest Fan on Facebook. We share a lot of a lot of different things on there as far as what we're talking about here. You'll see a lot of the links pop up on there. Uh, but also, if you go, we're supposed to shout out the Warhammer. Did you do the audible shout out? We got to do that. It goes at the beginning. But we'll oh, okay. shout out again here in a minute. Uh, so we actually got this message from Chris, powerful Chris, one of our patron supporters. He says, hey, man, uh, can you give a mention on the podcast about the Warhammer 30K USA Facebook group? Uh, so the Warhammer 30K USA group is a place to organize and advertise events, meet new players, and find groups in your area. They are currently building a comprehensive list of all the active Horse Heresy Facebook groups in North America. So if you have an event, please feel free to post it on there. Join the group network and let them know if you have a group that you'd like to get on the list. So they've actually gone through, found every USA-related Heresy Facebook group. So sorry, all you UK brethren out there. This is not the group for you. But they went and found all of the the different groups that are state-run. So you got the South Texas Horse Heresy, the North Texas, the California, the Bay Area. They got all those Horse Heresy groups, and they compiled this massive list on the uh, the Warhammer 30K USA Facebook group page. So go check that out, guys. Go give that a look and uh, definitely join up with them. And then if you have events coming up, throw it on that page and uh, get that going. So... Uh, last but not least, Ryan did say it. You probably heard the commercial at the beginning of this episode, but just one more time, rfibook.com. We are now sponsored by Audible, and Audible is giving all of all the free, all of our listeners, a free trial, which will give you one one book and thirty days to listen to that book and to to give out their product a little try, give their app out a try, and. Uh, for, for you guys, it's a benefit because they have all of the Horus Heresy novels out there. And if you can listen to our voices this entire time, then you surely can listen to an audiobook and uh, knock out some uh, some of these Horus Heresy audio dramas. And they're all on there. All the Horus Heresy audio dramas are on there. Everything down from like it, the the collections of like the uh, the like the omnibus connect collections where they have like all of the short stories pulled together. Those are on there. Uh, they have all the Primarchs books that have been released already. They have all of the Horse Heresy books, and they if you're into 40k as well, they got all the 40k books on there as well. Uh, it took them a little bit, but Black Library definitely turned it around and got all their shit on there. So I have been using all of my credits to get that going. So rfibook.com <laughs> will lead you to a to a page where you can start your free trial. Go give it a try, guys. So with that, I guess we'll uh, go ahead and close out to some music. Hmm? I made it to the end. Holy shit. I know. I'm so proud of Scott. Scott made it to the end. What are you working on, Scott? What are you working on currently? Me? uh, Yeah, Gallon Surlac, man. He looks fucking dope. I'm really proud of myself. (laughs) For... I, did, I took a red butcher power axe and made that like his mastercrafted power axe. And I ran a, I took like a push pin. My wife has these little safety pin things she uses for quilting. And I pinned the, uh, the axe all the way through. So it, hopefully it'll fucking hold. Does it, which is nice. Yeah. Does it look like he's holding an axe or does it look like the Varagir Terminators were the, the, the actual. Oh no, it doesn't <laughs> look like fucking someone uh, monopoly 
board piece phoned it in on that <laughs> shit. No, that's so awful. It looks better than that. Ugh. Thank Christ. It's so sad, man. <laughs> All right, hey, guys. <laughs> so, I don't know. You got to see a four to appreciate a ten, I suppose. <laughs> well, we're gonna go ahead and kick it off with some music, guys. Y'all have a good one. Later. Yep. Nothing amazing happens here. Everything is ordinary. It's just something I always do. It's ordinary. It's just something I always do. It's ordinary.